0: I started thinking this week, I, I know this week has been crazy for all of us. We've been watching a lot of news. and um, How many of you stayed up all night the other night to watch the presidential election thing? Yeah, I almost made it. But uh, you wake up to that news and, and, you know, and whatever you were looking forward to, maybe you were happy, maybe you were sad. We're not going to go into that tonight. But as I continue to watch things in media and, and the protests and, and all that's going on in our country, and, and what God had been just pressing on my heart, even before this, weeks and weeks and weeks of this, that right now, more than ever, we as a church need to pray. And I want to tell you something, I'm not saying we need to pray for our country. Tonight, I didn't ask you here to pray for our leaders of our country. I think right now what we need more than ever as a church is we come together and pray for the church. Pray that God would continue to use our church. That the message of Christ would continue to go out. This is not about America. This is not about our country. This is about God's kingdom. There's no other kingdom that really matters. And our our pastor preached on last week talking about who's on the throne. It's God. That our God is on the throne, and He will be there no matter who is in office or who is not in office. He will be on the throne no matter if America's here or America's not. And we have seen that through scriptures and through history of, of what God has done and what God has done through His people. But I think one of the greatest needs in, in our day today and in God's kingdom and in His church is that we get on our knees constantly praying. I want you to turn to the book of Acts, chapter 4. We're going to look at a very special prayer that, that I've, I've read over and over and over and over for, for probably several months now and learned some different things for myself. I was telling somebody the other day that I think most of this message was probably for me and not you. So I'm just going to teach you tonight what God's been teaching me. And hopefully you can gain something from that. You can learn something from that. But I think one of the greatest foundations of a fully devoted follower of Jesus is prayer. But I think it's the most lacking discipline in our lives. Can I get an amen? Not only in our personal lives, but in our corporate lives as a church. You think about this, how many, how many times do we pray and really pray during our services? How many times do we stop in our day to really thank God and really call out to God? I want to show you tonight, and, and I want to read this. You, you stay right there in Acts 4, but um, I, I just want you to hear this. In Acts chapter 1, verse 14, says this, They all joined together. This was after Jesus went back to heaven. Remember this? The disciples came together. It says, even the women. And it says, they all joined together constantly in what? Prayer, along with the women and the mother, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And then Acts chapter 2, we see in verse 42, he says this, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. They devoted themselves to this discipline. I'm afraid oftentimes we devote ourselves to Bible study. We devote ourselves to coming to services. We devote ourselves to singing songs. But oftentimes, we neglect one of the most important foundations of a disciple's life, and that is prayer. Now again, let me say this before you feel really bad and awkward. This is directed to me. That oftentimes, I'm quick to work on my agenda instead of just praying for God's agenda. Oftentimes, I'm worried about my kingdom and what my kingdom looks like instead of worrying about what God's kingdom is looking like. We can get all up in arms and worried about what our country will look like in the next four years. We can be concerned. We can protest. We can speak out on all these different issues. But guess what? That kingdom does not matter. The only kingdom that matters is what God's kingdom is doing. And I believe one of the greatest disciplines we can have is prayer right now two key concepts we're going to look at that we see here in this prayer in Acts chapter 4 and I'm going to read it in just a few minutes but I want to give you these two key concepts that that I see that come out of this prayer in Acts chapter 4 from the disciples and this is number one ready God is sovereign over all things In just a minute, we're going to read this and we're going to see that God is sovereign over all things. And this sovereignty implies that someone exercising unrestricted power and confessing no limitations or restraints. Let me ask you this Does our president, is he sovereign? No, he's limited. He's limited. Myself and my sovereign? No. there is only one sovereign over all things. There is only one who can confess to have no limitations, who has unrestricted power to do whatever and whenever he pleases. That's our God. That's who we pray to. We come to God, sometimes we come to Him with, with our our. our, our petty needs and the things that we think are important, the things that we believe are God is sovereign over all things so God is sovereign over all things, the second concept is this prayer acknowledges his purposes will be accomplished in the earth his purposes, whose purposes his, say that out loud with me, one, two, three not mine not Mount Aries Not America's, but His purposes. And I love this idea, this idea that His purposes will be accomplished. There's no maybe, there's no if, it's just will be. What that speaks to is this, that in my frailty, in my weakness, it doesn't matter how weak I am, God's purposes still will be accomplished, even without me. That no matter what I think, no matter what I do, even, even, even if I don't pray a lot, God's purposes will still be accomplished on this earth. But that doesn't excuse me. Psalm 115.3, I love this verse. I read it probably a few years ago, and it just kind of struck me. It's one of those verses like, ah, uh, that hurts. But listen to this. Psalm 115.3 says this. Our God is in heaven, and he does whatever he pleases him. Whatever pleases Him, He does it. So why would I think, why would I think that my personal agenda has anything to do with His kingdom and what He wants to accomplish on this earth? When I pray, and I pray that He is sovereign over all things, and I pray acknowledging that, that His purposes will be accomplished on this earth, all of a sudden, all my purposes and all my wishes and all my desires go out the window. God wants to use his church to accomplish his will and purposes, not my personal agenda. And I really believe God wants to use Mount Airy. I really believe that God wants to use this church on this hill to be a light for his agenda and for his kingdom. I believe God has for many years this church has sat here Over a 100 years, this church has been here to be a light to this community. May we not forget that. That this church was started for God's kingdom, for God's purposes, and His purposes will be accomplished through this church. As a result, listen to this. I wrote this down. I want to read this to you. As a result, the purpose of prayer is not to tell God what He needs to do, That's how we pray often, isn't it? It's how we come to God saying, God, you need to do this. God, you need to do this. God, I wish you would do this. I want you to do this. My heart's desire is for you to do this. But listen to this. As if he is unaware of our needs. The purpose of prayer is not to tell God what he needs to do. As if he is unaware of our needs. Prayer is this. It's aligning our desires with his and surrendering our will to his. This has changed the way I pray. A church, I have a long way to go. I'm confessing to you that I have a long way to go in my prayer life and the time that I spend with God and how I pray and what that looks like and when I pray. But one of the things that I've been working on is trying to be strategic in my prayer. And everything that I do, that I pray for, I'm trying to be strategic with these two things in mind. That as I come before God, as I, whatever it is, if it's in the morning I'm on my knees, or if it's in my car and I'm driving, or if it's in my office just sitting there with my eyes open, the two things that I want to focus on is this. God, I want your desires to be my desires. God, help me that my desires will align with your desires. And God, help me to surrender my will to your will. Because no matter what I say in this time with you, it's not going to matter much if these two things are not my desire. To align my desires with His and to surrender my will to His. I want you to look at Acts chapter 4. Real quick, we're going to go through this, this passage. In and, and, and chapter 4, verse 24, starting in verse 24. Let me give you the background. you probably read this. You've seen this. Peter and John are preaching the gospel and, and they get called out. And they, they get threatened and, and, and really heavily threatened. And, and, and they come in and they, they continue to preach Christ and say, Hey, I don't know, I don't care what you do, I don't care what you do to us, we're going to continue to preach Christ. And then verse 23, on their release, they were released, Peter and John went back to their own people, the church, They went back to the church, reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And then verse 24 says this. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer. Church, I want to tell you something. There's something about prayer corporately. There's something about this in the Bible. We see this several times that the church comes together and they begin to pray together. Not just getting off into their own prayer closets, praying by themselves, which is important. But all of a sudden we see the church come together praying together. And they start out this way, read this, look at this with me. Sovereign Lord. Sovereign Lord. I, I oftentimes think, and I, and I don't know, this might just be me, I'm weird like that. As, as I pray, I catch my, myself on the things that I say. You ever do that? And you, you catch yourself on the words that you use, you know? You probably listen to other people pray and do the same thing, don't you? We listen to other people pray and we go, why did they say that word? Or why did they do this? And I know for my kids, they're listening to me. I often catch myself, and what am I saying and why am I saying it? What is the purpose of this word and me calling God this? And, and I look at this and I see this and I see this is purposeful right here. As the people joined together, Peter and John were just released from being threatened. And they call out to God, not God, not Father, but Sovereign Lord. The Lord that has no limits. The Lord that has unlimited power. I mean, listen to this. As their prayers go out together, Sovereign Lord, you are sovereign over all things. You are only sovereign one, God. And we call out to you in the midst of our strife, in the midst of our circumstances, in the midst of threats made by the government. Who cares? But you are sovereign. And we're crying out to you today. It says, Sovereign Lord, they said, You made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. People crying out to God, lifting their voices after hearing what Peter and John went through. Sovereign Lord, you are the creator of everything. And these people, these nations, they're raging against you and your son. I love, I love how it says this. The kings of the earth take their stand and rulers gather together against the church? Against me? No. Against the Lord and against His anointed one. Oftentimes we, we get in this pity party, uh, you know, and man, these people are getting on to me or this is happening to me. Or Listen, it's not against me. I wrote an email this week to the deacons. I said, listen, our fight is not against flesh and blood. It's against what? principalities, and spiritual darkness that we cannot even see. So when we go praying, we're not praying because, hey, America is against us or the people of America are against us because the office in the White House, they're against us. No, listen, our fight is not with the White House. Our fight is not with the political party. Our fight is with Satan, and that is the war we fight. And there is nothing, nothing we can do to fight against that but pray. Pray. Pray to the Almighty God, the sovereign God who created everything. Because that's who they're fighting against. It's not against us. It's against the Lord. It's against the anointed one. Then it says this, verse 28. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand. You remember, you remember what I said back a while ago? Uh, His purposes will be accomplished. Do you remember that? I, I told you one of the key concepts is His purpose will be accomplished. Verse 28. They did what your power and your will had decided when beforehand. That's powerful, church. That's amazing. Listen, they thought that they were coming up with this original idea to attack Jesus and to attack the Messiah and to crucify Him. But guess what? They did what your power allowed them to do. They did what your will led them to do. It was nothing in their power and their will. It was only what you had decided beforehand. Again, speaking to his sovereignty. Speaking to his unlimited power. Speaking to his, he has no restrictions. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, (laughs) this is where it gets... Because a lot of times I, I think, God, I, I would have prayed different. Right there, at verse 29, this is my translation. I would say, now, God, I pray that they would, you would change the rules, change the laws in this kingdom. God, would you change their hearts that they would rewrite the law and they would give us religious freedom and they would let us speak whatever we want to without any kind of fuss? God, we'll go to Congress, and we'll fight this, and we'll say, Lord, you let us do whatever we want, because we're a church, and we deserve that. And the church says, now, Lord, consider their threats, and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Nothing, nothing, nothing to do with them. Nothing to do with the government, nothing to do with the Sadducees and those that were fighting against the anointed one, those that were fighting against the Lord. It wasn't, has anything to do with that. He says, Listen, God, would you just enable the church? Would you fill us with your power? Would you equip us to be the witnesses you've called us to be with boldness no matter what happens? No matter what threats they make against us, no matter how many times they come in this building with the threats out of their mouth, maybe they burn the church down, maybe they shoot us, whatever they want to do, God, Lord, your church will continue to speak with boldness the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is fresh for them. I mean, this is, this is the New Testament church. This is, one of, this is the first church. They saw what they did to Jesus. They saw the threats that were made to him and and how they followed through with that. They saw Peter and John, how they were ridiculed and how, how they were threatened to their lives. But yet they still stood up. They still stood up and said, listen God, no matter what happens, we just want to speak your word. We're just going to continue to preach. Why? Because you're sovereign. And your will and purposes will be accomplished on this earth. And that's what we're here for as a church. God wants to use us to accomplish his will and his purpose. Whether America is on board or not, whether the President of the United States is on board or not, guess what? The church will continue to take the mission of God so that it can be accomplished. So, I'm not saying we don't pray for our leaders. Don't, don't read too much into that saying we don't pray for, for our president-elect now and, and we don't pray for those that are in power and those powers. But I'm telling you this, it should not be a top priority in our prayer life. Top priority in our prayer life is God use me to speak boldness, to speak with boldness no matter what. Hey, if they get up tomorrow and they pass a law that says all churches need to be closed, guess what, God? Would you empower us? Would you give us boldness to continue to speak the gospel? I'm going to tell you something. You want to empty out a church really fast? But you know what? I think it's common. I think there's going to be more resistance against the church. There's going to be more things put on the church. And and they're going to fight us. But you know what? Our prayer is that our prayer is to a sovereign Lord who is over all things. He created all things. And it doesn't matter what they do to us, our God can enable us to speak for Jesus Christ. Then it says this in verse 30. They, they continue to pray. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy ser- servant, Jesus. Verse 31, check this out. After this, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was Shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. They didn't go in hiding. They didn't back down from the threats. They weren't scared of the threats. I want to show you something. What happens when we pray? Because we we know we're supposed to pray. I I had had a bunch of notes here. Why pray? Jesus did. The New Testament church did. We're commanded to. Because we're at war with an enemy. That's why we pray. Because God can. He's able. That's why we pray. We know those things. We, we've heard it over and over. We need to pray. We need to pray more. We don't pray enough. We could all stand here and probably give testimony after testimony of how when we did pray, God did all these miraculous things. But then there were days when I went without even mentioning His name. But ha- what happens when we pray? Number one, we experience God's power. I believe our church is going to experience God's power. I'm not saying that when we get done here tonight that this building is going to shake. But I think this verse that we're reading here has a purpose in being in this Bible. That when these people called out to the sovereign God, knowing that His will be accomplished, and they were willing to do whatever it took for His will to be accomplished, all of a sudden God's power came down and it shook violently. We see this idea also in, in at the day of Pentecost. This same power, this tornado power that all of a sudden God in His presence, in His almighty presence, He came down and all of a sudden In their midst, it began to shake. Supernatural power. I believe that when we get on our knees and we begin to pray like it is the only thing that we have left, we will experience the almighty power of God. In our personal life, in our homes, in our communities, in our churches, we will experience God's power Here's another thing. What happens when we pray? We reach more people. I mean, I look at this right here, and this is incredible. We, 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 we've got mixed numbers, but we got, we probably got over 200 boxes here. we got more coming later that, that children are going to hear the gospel. You say, how? Because the gospel is in these boxes. They have tracts. They have little things, Bibles in here that are going to go out all over the world and probably millions of children will hear the gospel. Maybe millions for the first time. But this is not it. There's still more that is going on. There are still other things that are happening. When we begin to pray, I believe that our church will begin to reach more people with the gospel. In Acts 4, what was their their prayer? Their prayer was what? For boldness to preach. It wasn't to grow their church. It wasn't so they could build a bigger building. It wasn't, Lord, we want to fill the pews and we want people to be in here you know, for hours praying and and singing and preaching and all these things. No, it was God, send us out. Their prayer was, God, send us to them. God, as we go out, help us to be bold in preaching the gospel and sharing the gospel with all people. God, we don't want to be shy about this. God, we're not ashamed of you. No matter the threats, no matter what they say to us, no matter what they do to us, God, we want to be bold in preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when people pray, people are reached. What happens when we pray, we experience God's power and we reach more people. But listen to this one. We face challenges with confidence. We face challenges with confidence. We go throughout our day, and our work, and our schools, whatever it is, when we begin to pray, when we begin to really spend time praying, like Paul says, pray without ceasing. When we see that happen in our lives, guess what? We begin to face the things that we face all those things that we face we come at them with confidence knowing that our god is sovereign and his will will be accomplished so it doesn't matter what happens to me it doesn't matter how many jobs i lose it doesn't matter how many times i get knocked down it doesn't matter hey you want to put me in jail put me in jail you know what it doesn't matter because i can face it with confidence knowing that my sovereign lord is in control of everything we face it with confidence we see this in the new testament church as they prayed as soon as peter and john released this is this is right after they were released they go to god and say god send us back out they 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 were just threatened with their lives and the church and the, they they come back peter and john tell them this and they get so excited and they say let's just pray Pray that God would send us back out the doors. God, give us boldness. Give us courage. Help us to face these challenges with confidence that you are Lord, you are God, and no matter what they do to us, we'll continue to accomplish your will and your purposes on this earth. That's the confidence I want. That's the power that I want to experience. I I told you that over the last few weeks, few months, God just continues to, to show me, Chris, this is, this is important, and it's not, not as important in your life, that, and you know it is, and he keeps showing me things, and he keeps taking me to this passage, and he keeps bringing me to Acts chapter 4, and I read it over and over, I'm going to tell you, I've read, this, I've read this in Thailand, in the springtime, And every time God keeps bringing me back to this, and I really believe it's because for such a time as this, He is bringing me back to say, Chris, get on your knees. Get on your knees.